0: Good morning everyone. For those of you that do not know me, my name is Rich Pierce and I'm an elder here at the church. And um, this morning I've been given the privilege to bring God's message to you. The message is entitled, Consider the Sparrow. I chose the content of this message because I can relate to it through the experiences I have experienced in life. And perhaps many of you have have experienced something similar or, or otherwise. But all of this is part of our testimony of our faith and should be shared with others. November of 2000, the last Sunday, like almost 23 years ago, church services that morning, you could just tell that the Holy Spirit was, was there. In the, in the songs, in the, in the prayers, in the sermon. And as I walked out to our car afterwards, I could truly say, today, I have been at church. Well, when we finally got home, I backed the car into the garage. And, and we have a, a, a tuck-under garage in our house, meaning our car sleeps in the basement. And um, so there's always something to carry up the steps which is okay, because it keeps us young. That particular day, I got up to the top of the stairs, and I thought I was experiencing some gas pains. And I thought that was strange, because we hadn't eaten yet, if you don't count those two rolls I had at church. (laughs) uh, But after a few more steps, I got this shooting pain from one armpit to the other armpit across my chest. And um, I made my way to the, to the bedroom, sat down on the edge of bed and hollered for my wife that we needed to get to the hospital and we needed to get there right away. And she says, what's wrong? And I said, well, I believe I'm having a heart attack. She says, can you get to the car? And I said, I'll get there. You just get behind the wheel. Our home is exactly 20 miles from our driveway to the stoplights at Gunderson Lutheran. I know this because Judy worked at the hospital uh, for 45 years. So we took off. Her pedal to the metal and both hands on the wheel. And that's when I wish that each and every one of you could have been in that car with me. Not to experience my pain or my shortness of breath, but um, to hear her to hear what I experienced. My wife was praying out loud on my behalf that we would have a safe trip, that we would hit all of those traffic signals green, and uh, God performed a miracle that day. We did, we were clicking those lights off one after another, and I know that it was a miracle because I know how my wife drives on a normal day. <laughs> and it's, it's part of her safe driving program to stop at almost every st- signal that we come to. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, we were hitting them all green and until we got to the foot of the Mississippi Bridge and that light was red. But fortunately for us, there was an accident there. And someone waved us around so we could keep going. We had no more got through that intersection, and all of my pain and everything, it just it just went away, and I was able to relax on the seat and actually look out the window, and that's when I, when I made a big mistake. Instead of thanking God for my pain going away, my my shortness of breath going away, for the safe travel, for having a wife that prayed for for my well-being and someone who was trying to save my life. I thought to myself, oh great. Now we're going to get to the hospital and they're not going to find anything wrong with me. And here we went through all of this terrible stuff for the last 45 minutes. I should have been thanking God. Well, we hit the next two lights green and Judy pulled up at the emergency ward, and she ran in, and two gals and a guy came running out in white and had a wheelchair, and somehow they got me into it, pushed me into the hospital, and we were going down the hallway to the examining room, and all of a sudden everything came back, the pain, the shortness of breath, just just twice as bad as it was before. I handed Judy my glasses, and I told her I probably wouldn't be needing these where I was going. I don't know how they got me onto the examining bed. I don't remember anything about that. But Judy had got me to the hospital in a window of time where they could give me this medication that went in and broke up all the blood clots that were keeping the flow to my heart that was causing the heart attack. It had a big fancy name but we'll just call it a clot buster. If you can imagine with me your body being a balloon, and this is what I experienced, and you're just all of a sudden being blown up. Everything about your body is just expanding, growing until you reach a peak where you can't go any further, and then you start to deflate. During that time, I, I glanced out the the open door to the, to the hallway, and I saw a figure out there, and it was dressed in a, a two-tone fluorescent green, like a snowmobile suit. I found out later that that was the helicopter pilot that had made a run, and it was just passing, passing through that area. But I didn't know whether I was here or there or where I was. <clears throat> Well, I spent a couple of days in intensive care and a couple of days on the floor, and I determined that I did not need a heart operation. I did not need stints. I would just have to spend quite a few weeks coming to um, the hospital for rehab because when this, th- this happens to you, you lose all your muscle, you lose all your energy in that, and that to all be built back up before I could go back to work. They never did say anything, but also at the same time they were working with your mind that you could go back into living normally without thinking every little ache and pain or gas bubble was another heart attack causing you stress and anxiety. Of course, I would be on, on pills the rest of my life, which is okay. I kind of got used to that. But I just want you to see how, how God doesn't leave us alone. <clears throat> he, he answers prayer, and sometimes you don't have to wait. He answers immediately, and uh, I thank him for, for the journey and, and how it ended up. That was a physical thing. But sometimes we make mistakes, we goof up, and... Uh, we cause things to happen to ourselves that that um, shouldn't happen. It was also on a Sunday morning two years ago. I woke up like it's pretty normal and uh, ended up making my way out to the kitchen because uh, that's where my chocolate milk was. <laughs> and uh, so I got I took care of that and went back to bed, laid down, and just as I laid there. The night light from the bathroom went black, went out. And it was very black in the room. I looked over towards the, the uh, telephone and the, and the radio alarm, and that was all black, too. So I made my way out to the living room somehow. I looked across the street. I could not see any lights over there. I looked down the road, and I thought I could see a yard light from one of our neighbors. So I thought, well, there was a storm last night, and maybe lightning hit close to the house and turned our breaker downstairs uh, off. And uh, I knew we had to get ready for church and that, and we needed the, the lights and the shower and everything. And so instead of going back to bed and waiting for the sun to come up, I decided that I would go downstairs, and because I figured I any minute in the dark I could walk right to that breaker box and flip the switch. Well, I remember taking, uh, reaching for the railing and taking that first step, and then after that, I don't know what happened. Was, I went down 12 steps, head over heels, smashed into a cement wall with my head, and ended up on the basement floor. I woke Judy from a sound sleep. She found me by using her cell phone to find the flashlight, which Richard should have had, and... Um, found me downstairs, and um, you know, many times you don't remember what was said or what you said, because we've had conversations about that, and we don't always agree on what was said, but um, she had asked me at least four or five times if I knew where I was. And I didn't say it, but I, I honestly thought to myself, well, I'm not in bed anymore. <laughs> and um, so anyway, it's pitch black, and, and we have a we had an automatic garage door opener on our garage, so she had to figure out how to get that open without the power. She called 911, and first responders were there first, and I, they came in. I don't know exactly what they did to me, but um, it wasn't long after that, then the ambulance arrived, and um, they got me into the ambulance and, and, and gave me some pain stuff and that, and and um, I had left some blood from the top of my head on the cement wall, which is still there today because I'll use that as a reminder to be more careful. Um, I was determined that I I broke my left arm in two places and shattered my elbow. And they were concerned about um, a brain bleed that, but I turned out okay. And I had bruises all over my body. Uh, but they they put a plate in here and then another... Plate that looks like a golf tee up here and, and reconstructed my elbow and it works just perfect <laughs> even though I fell down the steps but I can't reach above my, above my head with it. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But fear can be paralyzing. In the New Testament book of Matthew for our scripture reading today, Matthew chapter 10 verses 26 to 31. Matthew 10, 26 to 31. One of the instructions Jesus gives to his apostles is this. But don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known. What I tell you in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes." Whatever, what I whisper in your ears, shout from the housetops for all to hear. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid, you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. The song His Eye is on the Sparrow was written by Sevilla Martin, the wife of a Baptist pastor in the year 1905. Her refrain includes these words, I sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. What beauty is this, is, is this expression of simple faith? The words to this song, Sevilla took straight out of the scripture, scripture that was just read. And scripture is also to be our guide. We read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. Then God said, Let the waters swarm with the fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. Our God created. As naturally as a bird sings and a fish swims, God created. And also looking over to Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Matthew 6, verse 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? Our God provides for all his creation. From our feathered friends to you and me. So today, if you are discouraged, afraid, or struggling with life, listen to and reread our opening scripture and the words to this beautiful song. Now, throughout God's word, we are told over and over again, fear not. Yet, we will disregard these instructions as we go through our daily living. Like some are afraid of spiders and mice, bats, because of stories we've heard, not not because of personal experience. Or maybe you are afraid of flying. You know, people aren't really afraid of flying. It's crashing and burning that they're afraid of. And having buildings at airports named terminals doesn't help either. (laughs) Claustrophobia, hard word to say, describes our fears of close, small, or tight spaces. But the fear that most people have that doesn't uh, threaten us physically is public speaking, and me not so much. With the continuation of terrorist attempts around the world, many people live with a fear of being attacked once again like we were on 9-11. America, represented by the Twin Towers, was knocked down, but not out. Like our Lord Jesus, who suffered unimaginable pain and agony and ridicule and torture, fighting back, if you will, from the depths of hell, To rise alive on Resurrection morning from that tomb. 9/11, America stood as one nation under God, and we need to stand against this battle of fear by using the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 27, verse 1, the Old Testament book of Psalm 27:1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? With these words of scripture, we as Christians are assured that we can't, we don't even have to fear death, because we are more than a mortal body, we are a soul, and that one day our soul will be a heavenly soul. Jesus overcame physical death to show us the way to eternal life. And Jesus did say, if it weren't so, I would have told you. Now, many of you probably have a favorite book of the Bible, maybe a verse, a chapter, a proverb, or a psalm. For me, I have latched on to this earthly statement of our Lord. So if I'm standing up here or if I'm standing in front of you, If it were not so, I would have told you. Author C.S. Lewis penned these words, You don't have a, a soul, you are a soul. And our soul will live on forever, long after all the stars of the universe have faded away and burnt out. Surveys reveal that a vast amount of Americans believe that there is a heaven. Even those who... Do not display a, display a saving faith or attend church, except maybe at Christmas time or Easter, a funeral or a wedding. But they all believe that they're going to heaven when they die. But realize this only a small percentage of Americans believe that there's a hell. Now that's something to fear. And here's the promise. Those who have accepted Jesus in faith as their Lord and Savior do not have to fear hell. And we share this faith with others because we don't want anybody else to go to hell, and God certainly does not want anyone to go where they would be totally and forever separated from him. Have you ever stopped to think about the fact that the same God Who put all the stars in place, loves you personally? Jesus says he has numbered the hairs on your head. So not do not be afraid. For if God cares enough to number the hairs on your head, he also cares about all the other details of your life. Now the question arises, how many hairs are on my head or your head? (laughs) I know mine are getting less and less with every shampoo and comb through, but I'm thankful for the ones that are left. We look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, a New Testament book. Uh, of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Now these are the words from the hymn featured today, His eye is on the Sparrow. Verse 1. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And verse 2, Let not your heart be troubled, his tender word I hear, and resting on his goodness I lose my doubt and fears. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Psalm 139, verses 1 and 2. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Like when I consider the sparrow. Sparrows are one of the most beautiful, plentiful, common birds that we will see. Where you find people, you will find sparrows. If you watch them, you will discover that they are the leftover scavengers. Although not known for their beautiful colors and sweet song, Sparrows do fly as well as any other bird. A few weeks ago, Judy, my wife, and our friend Joyce, we stopped down at that ice cream shop that's named after the street it's on, on Pearl Street, and uh, went in and got some ice cream, and we noticed that they had set up some extra tables and chairs out on the sidewalk, so we decided to get our ice cream in a dish rather than a cone, sat down to enjoy it, and all that while... There were sparrows coming and going, actually under our table, walking between our feet. And it was at that point where I wished that I had gotten a cone so I could have uh, broke off a hunk and, and gave it to them. In Scripture, Jesus said that two sparrows sell for a copper coin, or one penny, our smallest coin. So sparrows are not only common, they are also cheap it probably would have been more, make more sense to us if Jesus had said, God knows whenever every eagle falls. At least we, we think they are a more majestic and bird-worthy of praise. But God wanted us to know that if he cares for the least of the birds, how much more will he care about you and me and the things that happen to us. Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. And this is the last verse of His Eyes on the Sparrow. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies... I draw closer to him, from care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Our God is a loving Father who wants the best for us, and he tells us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The two words, no fear, I've seen them on T-shirts, bumper stickers, and even on balloons. The message Jesus has been communicating to us today is, don't be afraid. He will be there for us. He hasn't left us alone. He gives us assurance for today and hope for tomorrow. Said the robin to the sparrow, I'd really like to know. Why, humans rush about and seem to worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I guess that it must be, they have no father such as cares for you and me. Oh, but yes, we do. We are told so in his book. Reading your Bible is tuning in to God's channel. When Jesus used parables in his teachings, he used simple word pictures to demonstrate important spiritual principles. Have you ever tried to put into a sentence what you have seen or read? All you want to do is to, to make it simple in a clear way so it's easy to understand. It is a very hard challenge to be brief yet clear. We need to remember that we are not alone. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct us when we are sharing Jesus' love with others through word or deed. The Bible helps us understand our fears. We are here to share the good news revealed in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We can use Jesus' teachings and examples to help others gain understanding of the life that we live. We sometimes get caught up in the fast-paced culture of today. Everything seems to be go, go, go all the time, always for instant results. But just maybe we can learn a lot by, by slowing down, by waiting, by believing, and by knowing that God's promises will always be fulfilled. Let us face life's realities and appreciate God's creation take time to look at a, the beauty of a flower, like maybe a tulip. We had some of them in our flower garden this year. And uh, I noticed its color, its shape, its stem, and then amazingly how this, this beautiful flower opened in the morning and closed at night. I will share this poem I, I put down here that Uh, share this anonymous poem with you. I I only wrote anonymous because I couldn't find out who wrote it, but evidently somebody did. It's uh, entitled uh, Unfolding the Rose. It's only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold the petals with these clumsy hands of mine. The secret of unfolding flowers is not known to such as I, God opens this flower so sweetly when in my hands they fade and die. If I cannot unfold a rosebud, this flower of God's design, then how can I think I have the wisdom to unfold this life of mine? So I'll trust in him for his leading each moment of every day. I will look to him for his guidance each step of the pilgrim way. The pathway that lies before me Only the Heavenly Father knows. I'll trust him to unfold the moments just as he unfolds the rose. When you observe any of God's created things, let it become a part of your heart. Be amazed at what God has done. Enjoy it. Slow down a bit. Set your eyes upon the little sparrow and set your eyes on Jesus. Spread a few, bro- a few crumbs, and the fears of this life could just fly away. Matthew chapter 11, <coughs> chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Jesus is speaking. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and the burden I give you is light.